Hey, y'all, just a quick heads up. The episode you're about to listen to is eight to 10 years old. Now, these episodes were intended to be evergreen, and I still believe there's a lot of good information in these early episodes, but I do want to let you know that some of my ideas have evolved over time. Times have changed since we made these episodes, and ultimately, I'd like to think I've grown a lot as an artist and a human and that these don't necessarily represent my best work or the best of the podcast. If you're new around here, I suggest starting with the most recent episode or at least go back to around 300 and move forward from there. Enjoy the episode. Listening to the Creative Pep Talk podcast with me, graphic illustrator Andy J. Miller. This show is about finding clarity and strategy so that you can maximize your creative career. You can find this show on iTunes or on my site, andy-j-miller.com/slash podcast or on the illustration website, illustrationage.com slash creative pep talk. Without further ado, let's get down to business. So we got our first factor meals and I am pumped to tell you about them. First off, we absolutely loved them. Delicious chef's kiss for the chef crafted dietitian approved meals that come straight to your door. I can definitely see how when deadlines are out of control or you're in a super busy season, how factor meals can lighten your load while still giving you options like veggie, vegan, and even low calorie Get as much or as little as you need by choosing 6 to 18 meals per week. Plus, you can even pause or reschedule your deliveries at any time. No prep, no mess meals. Factor meals are 100% ready to heat and eat, so there's no prepping, cooking, or cleanup. Head to factormeals.com slash peptalk50 and use code peptalk50 to get 50% off. That's code peptalk50 at factormeals.com slash peptalk50 to get 50% off. Yo, hey everybody, it's me, Andy J. Miller, the graphic illustrator who runs the Creative Pep Talk podcast. Uh, I've had a busy week, I've been doing all kinds of things, but I've found some time to plan a new podcast. I have some new uh, thoughts and information, and I think this is going to be a good one. Before we jump right in, I've got two things. One, we're going to do another Baron Fig. It's the last Baron Fig contest. And we're going to do the iTunes review thing again. So, and and this time, actually, we're just going to do it so that um, from this, when I release this podcast, anybody that reviews after that time will be entered to win. It is the 23rd of July, 2015. That's when this is coming out. If you review after that until next week in my next podcast, you will be entered to win one of the uh, hardback Baron Fig Confidant uh, sketchbooks 
and this is the biggest prize yet, uh, plus a three-pack of The Apprentice. Um, these are like pocket sketchbooks, and that one has the dot grid on it. Go to iTunes and review the podcast. Either take a screenshot or or a note and send me an email and say, this was my review, and that will enter you to win. Uh, go review the podcast on iTunes. Okay. Thanks, Baron Fig. You guys are awesome. Thanks for sponsoring the podcast. The next thing I want to tell you about is the Patreon. Thanks for all the backers this week. You guys have been uh, back in the Patreon and helping get the word out about that. I super appreciate it. I did a uh, another extra peppy talk this week um, and posted it there for the $5 plus backers. Hope you guys are enjoying those. Um, thanks for all the backing on the Patreon. If you're a big fan of the podcast, the next level is backing the Patreon, even at a dollar. And actually, I'm going to expand a bunch of things on the Patreon. There's going to be more options and all kinds of stuff going on. I'm going to try to get more um, material out there. I'm also going to be writing, converting my blog writing to exclusive content for the Patreon and just create more of a community there where the members can also post things and we can have discussions and it can just be kind of like the membership area for uh, creative pep talk and and the people that are like more hardcore about um, th- this kind of pursuit. So thank you. Go check that out. It's patreon.com slash creative pep talk. I super appreciate that. Thank you. If you're a big fan, go back the podcast. Thanks. Okay. Today, what we're talking about is actually, let me pause right there. Give me a second. Let me just tell you. I want to tell you a little story. Uh, Yesterday, I woke up and sometimes, you know, I usually wake up at like 7. Sometimes I plan to get up a little bit earlier because I've realized that I'm more uh, switched on early morning than I am late night. And so if I'm like struggling to hit a deadline, instead of staying up all night... I'll just get up really early, sometimes even like four o'clock in the morning. Uh, My brain just works better in the morning, and I've noticed that, and I'm more productive. So that's what I do. Uh, Yesterday, I was in that kind of zone. I got up uh, at 5.30, and I was working on a few bits and pieces, and it was just one of those mornings, just one of those days where you want to replicate this day like over and over you like it's the perfect day you can just feel everything feels right I found a new album to listen to that was like putting me in the zone I had my windows open in my uh, studio room and it just felt like heaven it just felt super amazing and um, when the kids got up and my wife got up uh, we decided to just like have our morning coffee Um, you know, it was just, uh, that early morning kind of sunrise feeling and, um, there wasn't any humidity and we took a little walk to the end of the road. There's a playground there. We took our three children, there's children all over the place here, uh, (laughs) down to the park and we just let them play and we just sat and chat, um, 
That sounded like it was some kind of weird rhyme thing. We we did the old satin chat, if you know what I mean. <laughs> I don't know. Um, we we were sitting and we we're just you know talking and um. So Dot is my oldest. She's six, and Hugo is, is my second oldest, who's three. And he that day he just kind of picked up how to swing on his own. Um, in a big kid swing, he calls them the the happy swings because the swings look like smiles. Um, and uh, he learned how to swing yesterday. And I just remember thinking that Dot, you know, was maybe like four or five till she really tried that. And my wife and I were just sat talking and we're just thinking about how how crazy it is that you know each sibling learns so much faster and grows so much uh, more quickly than the previous one. And, you know, I think if you're familiar with kids, you know this concept that like the younger siblings want to catch up to the older ones so bad that they develop way quicker. And even to the point where um, my third kid, Alice, she's four months old. And she's already clapping. She's already learning to clap. And if you go look at developmental uh, studies on kids, that's supposed to happen around nine months. And if you know things about babies, you know from four months to nine months, there is a crazy change that that happens. Even every month, they're dramatically different from the month before. And so, f- at four months, she's already learning to clap because she's seen her. Uh, brother and sister clap and she wants to do that and she's already uh rolled over which is uh another thing that's really early and you just get the sense that like being around other people and and people that you want to be like is such a game changer and today's episode is about relationships you know i think we i think that one of the things that happens is like We think that relationships within work and career are these kind of, we kind of see it in this like uh, manipulative way, like what can we get out of other people? And I think really that's, uh, it goes back to what your view of the world is. If your view of the world is selfish and and self-serving and scarcity, then yeah, relationships at the workplace are purely self-serving and they're manipulative and they're trying to get other people to 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 use other people to get what you want. And I think if your worldview is that direction, then this podcast episode is probably not going to be that helpful. But on the other side, I think if you if your worldview is that, you know, that life is about love, life is about other people, then even your goals and your work should be about loving people. You know, I feel like what my calling is when it comes to illustration and art and and storytelling and the podcast is that it's all an extension of, you know, the bottom purpose is to uh, love other people, help other people flourish. Um, All of it goes back to relationships. And so that's the core of this. And I think if you um, flip it and you think that it's all about getting what you want and relationships are the second uh, kind of thing that you look at, 
then you're then you're missing the point because the the core this episode isn't about how you utilize relationships uh, for your own competitive advantage. It's about rooting your your views and your uh, what you're trying to accomplish in this idea that that relationships are number one before anything else, even before yourself. And I think if you shift, if you make that shift, there are some really awesome things that can happen. And that's kind of what this is about today. All right. So if you find yourself, I think we all have found ourselves either here or we are here where you need a big break, where you're, where you're stuck and you need to break through. Whether you're at the beginning and you've never had a breakthrough and you've, you look outside of design and illustration and the creative industries and you think it just looks completely impossible to break in and I have no idea. I've tried everything. I've tried to break through. I can't figure it out. I don't know how to get in there. Either if you're in that place or you're in the place of you've already broke through one industry but you're bored now. Now you want to do something else. You know, I think if you look at this idea of flow, which is supposed to be where like a lot of our joy comes from is like getting in the zone, doing work where we're like really good at the work, but we're also challenged. Like if you're not challenged anymore in the place where you broke in previously, you're going to lose the joy. You got to have some kind of level of challenge. So whether you've never broke in or you want to break into something new, I think that it can be incredibly difficult to break into anything significant, anything that's hard, uh, anything that people want, you know, that's advantageous. The, the more people that want it, the harder it is to break through the noise, the harder it is to break into something. And I think doing art for a living is one of those things. So we know it's hard, right? Seth Godin has a book. It's called The Dip. I haven't read the book, all right, but I've heard him talk on it many, many times. I've researched, I've read little, you know, articles and papers about it. I get the general idea. The idea is that anything worth pursuing has a natural moat around it, like a castle, like a medieval castle. Anything worth pursuing has these barriers to keep people out so that everybody doesn't rush in and do it. For instance, if you look at med school, there's a class, uh, I think it's biochemistry, and it's this make or break baptism by fire uh, that most people don't get through. It's a class that's so incredibly hard that only the best of the best, the people that want it the most, get through to the other side, and you can't be a doctor without this class. Why do they do that? Why does this exist? Well, it's natural selection. It's the way of weeding the people out that aren't up for the task or that don't want it. And I think you can look at it in kind of two different ways. You can look at it at, in this like practical way, in this way that it's like, well, there's only so many spots in this journey and it's important that we keep the people out who don't really deserve it or don't really want it bad enough. Or you can see it as like a, a spiritual cosmic universe thing that says that 
you know, these barriers are for people to keep people out who this really isn't their path. So either way you want to look at it, we have these giant barriers in the way of doing anything significant. And I think doing art as a career, thriving financially, making creative work that's fulfilling, that is significant. And there are giant moats keeping people out of that. And at the gate, you have these gatekeepers, the people that say who gets to come in and who doesn't. And it is, it can be incredibly frustrating when you're out there, when you're, when you, when you see the moat, you see the gate, you see the gatekeepers and they just won't give you the time of day. You can't get through the art director won't return your emails. The editor doesn't care about your book. Like in that situation, it can be incredibly difficult and and disheartening to be in this place where, you know, there are these giant boundaries. There are are these social constructs that keep you out. It's like you need experience for the job, but you can't get the experience without getting the job. That kind of situation. It just drives you insane, right? Now, I've been in this situation several times now in my career, uh, and I haven't found success every time, but I have made some key breakthroughs. Early on when I first graduated, it was just getting illustration commissions. Um, And then it went into kind of getting more into like kids illustration. And I also spent some time trying to like break into editorial illustration and I had some success within that. But I can feel, you know, I've been in that place where you're you're desperate to break into this thing. You want it. You, you understand where the moat is. You know where the gatekeepers are. You know who you have to like break through. And you try and you try and you're spinning your wheels and you're in gridlock and you can't move the needle. And it just seems completely impossible. And I think in that moment, you know, uh, I was recently on a plane I bought the movie pass because I was fed up and I was in the middle seat. I couldn't fall asleep. Uh, And there was no good movies on. I watched The Avengers. Now, when I grew up, I was a crazy uh, superhero nut. I'm not as much so anymore, I'm sorry to say. And The Avengers was okay. I don't know. It's not good things and bad things. But in that movie, there's a point where all the superheroes are at a party and they're all trying to lift Thor's hammer. And if you lift Thor's hammer, you get to be like the the god of whatever. I don't know. I don't know anything about... (laughs) I don't know the real details. But if you lift his hammer, you get to be king or something over his people. And all the superheroes are trying to do it, right? And it's impossible. Like, it can't be done. So... I think that often when we're trying to break into these areas, it can feel like uh, trying to lift Thor's hammer. Like no matter what you do, no matter which angle you do, the only thing, I think we just end up thinking, well, you're either chosen or you're not. You're either, you're either Thor or you're not. There's nothing you can do about it. Either I could lift this hammer or I can't. And so you go to try and you can't. So you're like, whatever, I give up. But I don't think that it's actually like this. I don't think it's Thor's hammer. I think it's more like the airplane test from eighth grade that I had in, I think it was called technology class, 
which is very vague. And we didn't do a lot of technology. Um, and the teacher was funny. But we had this challenge. And it was to make a paper airplane, develop one, try everything we could to get a paper airplane to go uh, an X amount of distance. And we could take this paper and we could do anything with it. Um, we couldn't add anything to it. And we, 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 it was all, it was, you know, just folding techniques and all that. And we had to get this distance and it was really far. And we, we tried so many different things, we couldn't figure it out. And so the best we thought was, you know, whoever gets the airplane the furthest will win. But it's impossible to get to this goal that he's given us. So we're all building our airplanes and I don't know, we spent like a week on this or something. <laughs> this, this class was kind of one of those uh, blow off classes, but we developed, we did everything we could. Some people went home and they researched and they figured out the world's best airplanes. Uh, they went online and tried to figure that out. Day of the big race, we stand at the line, we're all put, we're, we're throwing those airplanes out. You know, the the overachiever kid whose parents do the projects for them, he won. You know, they found out technically what the best uh, airplane in the world is. He beat everybody, but he didn't get the goal. He didn't make it to the goal. And at the end of it, the teacher said, all right, I'm going to show you the winning plane. I have the winning plane. And he took out a sheet of paper, crumpled it into a ball, and then hurled it past the uh, the finish line. And he won. And it was a lesson in thinking differently, right? And I think this is more like what breaking into a new thing is. This is more like what it is to find, uh, to make ground in the creative industry. I think it's, these moats are supposed to look impossible. They're supposed to look like Thor's hammer. They're really like a crumpled up ball of paper that you can launch past the, the, the finish line is if you just can get some perspective, right? So I think it's, it's less like Thor's hammer. It's more like these, this crumpled up ball of paper. It's about thinking differently. So, every time I think about talking about relationships, I have this feeling like, um, I don't know, like it's going to be misconstrued, which you're going to take this podcast and say, it's not about, you know, oh, you're just talking about using people to get what you want. And I think that, again, I think that goes back to that scarcity mindset. And it reminds me of the, uh, on Friends, the Joey versus Phoebe, where they're talking about, is there any altruistic act? Is there anything you can do that's really purely unselfish? And I think, I don't know. I don't know if there is, but I would rather live in a world where everybody was trying to help each other at, to benefit themselves rather than everybody was trying to steal from each other to benefit themselves. So... I think you need a paradigm shift to say, let's step away from trying to manipulate people and trying to use people and shift into knowing that it is about people. 
The art is about people. The career is about people. And when you focus on other people, you get that perspective change. So I've got three different points that I wanted to make about this. Three different things that I think are ways of viewing your relationships within your work that are game changers. Number one, help others. This is a Zig Ziglar quote. I've talked about it before. He's this motivational guy from, I don't know, the 80s or something. But he had a lot of wisdom that applies to all kinds of things. Zig Ziglar said that to get what you want, you just have to help enough people get what they want. And I think that it's not just a pithy platitude. Like, it's actually uh, the law of reciprocity. And the law of reciprocity says that when you help somebody, they don't just want to help you back. They want to outdo how you helped them, right? And so instead of going out into the world and going out into the market and being cutthroat and thinking, how can I, you know, smash the other guy so I can get ahead? I think your view should shift to how do I push other people ahead? How do I go out of my way to give other people a leg up? You know, I think about uh, liking things on social media, right? One of the things that really aggravates me or I just think this is kind of ridiculous is, is how we view likes like uh, they're going to run out, <laughs> you know, like or acting like when we like something, we're really putting this seal of approval on there. Like we've endorsed this post by liking it. I don't know. I guess I just feel like we're a bit stingy with our likes. And I think part of me just says, you know what? Go encourage somebody with your likes. Go encourage someone you know who's trying to get their art off the ground or trying a new thing. Just You don't have to think it's the best thing in the world. Yeah, I think if you like it, you should sincerely like it. Let's not get inauthentic here. This is important game we're talking about. But just encourage people. Don't be stingy with your social media love. Share that new project, share that new website, help other people. You know, so many people out there when they have a new website or they have new work on their uh, site that other people don't share it because they think, well, it's competition, you know, you know, I don't want to put them out there. I'm going for the same jobs. My attitude has been, and it's part of my worldview, there is more than enough work out there and if you push someone ahead, they're going to get the jobs for them. And if you have that attitude of helping others, I believe not in a, just not maybe in a mystical way, but in a practical way, it comes back to you. So I think changing your attitude from this thing being this fierce competition and, and pushing other people's for forward, put someone else forward for a job. Send a compliment to somebody. Just send an email and say, hey, that thing you did, I loved it. I thought it was awesome. Share someone else's work. As a side note, you know, I want to be driven by love and I don't want to be driven by fear. I'll tell you what I find to be kind of sad. I think it's driven by fear, this idea that as you become established, you know, if you are obsessed with illustration and design or whatever, as you come as 
uh, as you become established, you have to basically lose your passion for those things. Like so many people out there say, well, I don't really look at uh, what's going on in my field anymore. And I just think, and, and they say because they don't want to copy or whatever. And I think it's out of fear. It's like out of fear that th- they're going to do something and someone's going to call them out or whatever. And I just think that's not like you're, you're, so you were obsessed with this thing. And then once you start to like get into it, you have to let go of it. I just think that that's the wrong attitude. Um, it's not my attitude. So I think the first one is go, go out of your way to help others. And that's going to build relationships. And I, and I really do believe that relationships are what it's all about. And also when you have that at the core, that is the thing that breaks through these moats, these dips, these gates. Number two is osmosis. I go back to my kids. You know, my kids spend all this time together and that's why the younger siblings learn faster than the older sibling did. And my older sibling is super smart, way smarter than me. But she she developed way slower than the other two. And the bottom and the youngest one is developing like crazy, just purely osmosis. You know, they say you're the sum of the five people you spend the most time with. You know, when I go, I told you last week, I went to San Francisco. Uh, you know, every time I'm on one of these trips and I'm, and I'm seeing things uh, from a distance, I'm seeing my problems from a distance. They look so small. And I get home and I feel like I can break through a bunch of different things that were really frustrating me. And I think it comes from, every. T- you know, when I travel, I'm always going and spending time with creative people um, that have a totally different perspective, have a totally different set of issues. And just by soaking in that, all of a sudden, my, my, my mind shifts and I see answers that I never saw before. I love traveling for that reason. And every time I do, I, I get that sense of like empowerment, you know? It reminds me of the whole mile runners thing. You know, it's this idea that for so long, the record of how fast a mile can be run will be set. And scientists will say that's physically as quickly as, as human beings can run a mile. And then someone comes along, breaks all the records, and then all of a sudden, everybody can magically break the records. Right? It's a mental shift. It's a mental block. And it happens by being around other people that have, that have already broken through. So what does this look like? I think it looks like sending emails to people that are in the zone that you want to be in, that have figured out the answers to the problems that you have. It's, it's, it's finding which people in your industry are closest to the industry that you're a part of in the city near you and going and asking them if you can go buy them a coffee. Just Soak it up. Go get around those people. The third one, the third and final point is collaborate. Go Megazord. If you go back to my earlier episodes, the production's not that good. There, but there's still some good stuff in there. There's an episode on collaboration. Go check out that episode on collaboration. I talk, I go in more detail about why I think collaboration is such a big deal. But collaboration has been one of the 
biggest things in my career that's helped me break through all kinds of barriers I couldn't have done on my own. And I think part of the reason is, you know, it's like Power Rangers turning Megazord, all the things coming together into some giant thing that can tackle different things that can't tackle on its own. It's kind of like that, but I think also it's this idea that one plus one equals three in collaboration. So you don't just get a double uh, breakthrough. You don't get it just a double uh, results from your collaboration. So see, because I think what happens is you 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 take this network of your own, you take the network of someone else and the strengths of your own and the strengths of someone else, and when you put them together, instead of that just being smashing those two things together, now you've got yours, theirs, and this new entity that is both of you. And all of a sudden, that thing goes into places and creates new networks and new fans and new uh, breakthroughs that neither of you can do on your own. And I am so obsessed with collaboration. I don't get to do it enough, actually. And I've had some really amazing experiences with collaborations and, and basically making stuff with friends. You know, some of the best stuff in the world is made by just a few friends getting together and making something. So who's a friend of yours that you really respect what they do and they respect what you do and it's different? Go together, go make something. So whatever it is, pinpoint that, what is that area of frustration that you just cannot figure out how to push past? Whatever that thing is, I suggest smashing it with relations. Instead of trying to get a leg up on the other guy, give the guy a leg up. Book a conference. Go meet people. Go get some face-to-face time with these people. Go spend time with the people doing what you want to do. Nothing is more valuable Nothing can, you know, um, I'm working on something right now and where I started and then where I am now, the person I'm working with can't believe how fast I've grown. And I, and I believe that it is from intentionally seeking out those relationships of people that are, that have already figured it out. And I don't even know exactly what it is I've learned in some ways, some, some ways I do in some ways I don't, but just Go send that email, go take that person out to coffee, go figure out how to get in places where the people that know the answers that you need to know or know how to do things that you need to know, go find out how to be around them, be near them, collaborate with them because nothing is going to impact your career more than relationships. You know, Sometimes I think back to high school. So at the end of high school, my parents, my dad got transferred to the UK. And at the time I was living in Columbus, Indiana. And uh, I had the option of going to a community college there or go to the UK. Why was I going to go to a community college? Well, I got pretty good grades, but... The truth is, I just didn't like school. I hated school, actually. I just hated, um, I hate tasks. I hate things that feel like meaningless little tasks. I'm really good at projects. Um, And so I think back to like 
what would have happened if I would have stayed and went to community college instead of going to the UK? And there were lots of reasons why I might have done that. You know, I didn't want to live with my parents anymore. I was 18. Uh, if I moved to England, I'd have to still live with my parents. There were all kinds of things that like, you know, it wasn't an easy decision, but I'm really glad that I took the risk of going to the UK because I can see the way that my life would play out. And who, you know, who knows, but I can see how, how much smaller of a life I would have had if I wouldn't have gone. And you know what? The, the school I went to had some really good teachers and, and some real merit, but it's not any, you know, it's not the most brilliant uh, school in the world by any stretch of the imagination. But the reason why moving to the UK was such a big deal for me, other than just kind of shifting my paradigm and opening my perspective, other than that, it was the people. You know, uh, I had a few teachers that were real practitioners that really knew what they were doing. You know, it was um, being so close to Manchester and London and, and, and getting to know the people there. It was the three buddies of mine in school that were totally switched on, that knew things that I didn't know, and we constantly were pushing each other into higher places. And because of all those things and the, and the practitioners I got to meet by living closer to the city, it was the people, it was the relationships, it was, though, it was those experiences that, that got me to go into uh, freelance illustration. And I completely owe my career to that move into the people that I met and became friends with and collaborated with in that time. And so it's so easy for me to look back and think, you know, all of that would have been gone if I wouldn't have been out there meeting these people and, and, and going and having these relationships. And I, it really depresses me to think about what I would have missed. Like what is at stake by not finding these relationships and there really are big things at stake. On the other hand, I think about it like this. The people that understand the principle of relationships, the people that understand how important it is to get next to the people that have figured it out, those people always go on to big things. Recently, I was watching Jimmy Fallon with Judd Apatow, funny man, creator of movies of uh, like Knocked Up, and he was involved in Freaks and Geeks, and you know he's definitely uh, just a really interesting guy, funny guy. And he did a book recently, and in the book he interviews comedians, um, friends of his, but. On Jimmy Fallon, they told a story. I thought it was super interesting. And they said that when he, when Judd Apatow was like 15, he kind of weaseled his way into interviewing a bunch of uh, comics backstage, people like Jay Leno and Seinfeld. And he did so by saying he was interviewing for a newspaper, which was true, but it was a high school newspaper. And so he goes behind stage and he's interviewing all these people and you just get the sense that like, just being around those people, 
seeing other people, real flesh and blood people that have the thing that you want is a game changer. It totally shifts your perspective. It, it changes everything. There's no way I could have got Dot, my, my firstborn, to clap at four months. It would have been impossible. I could have spent all the time in the world doing that. But because Alice has two peers that can do all kinds of amazing, crazy, hilarious things that she can't do, she's just doing it. She just, just, by, just by soaking it up. I listened to an interview with Ed Norton on Fresh Air, and he talks about Edward Norton, you know, the guy, he's from Fight Club, all kinds of things. He said that his nanny was on Broadway. And he thinks that just knowing someone from an early age that was making uh, a break in the entertainment industry just meant that it opened his perspective like people do that. And, you know, I think about when I lived in the Midwest and I didn't know anybody that really made a career out of illustration doing the work that um, I was interested in, it seemed like a complete mystery, a complete pipe dream. But going and being around people that have done it, 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 it opens your brain in a way that is mystical to me. It is almost just spiritual. So who are the people that you need to start those relationships with? Who are the people that you need to be... Um, stewarding those relationships you've already been given. Who's that person you need to call up? How do you need to shift your mind, not into how can I use people to get what I want, but shift it to it's all about people. This is about people. Your work is about loving people, being for people, pro people. And if you can make that shift, I think everything starts to make more sense. And there's a lot on the line. You know, uh, shout out to my buddy, Andrew Nyer. You know, he, he doesn't, uh, he's not as, uh, as much of a social media guy as me. He doesn't like the internet that much. And I'm always singing his praises because he's absolutely brilliant. He's such a brilliant creative uh, he's a guy in Cincinnati. He's the guy I do the Color Me Blank show. He developed those giant markers that we color the mural with. Go check his work out. Andrew Nyer. Andrew, N-E-Y-E-R.com. One of my best friends. Love that guy. Meeting him a few years ago when we started doing that uh, project, just totally, he's, it's an example of a relationship that totally changed my mind. And I remember driving back from Cincinnati after our first show and just kind of being euphoric about, I got a new friend. No, <laughs> just kidding. It was a little bit like that, but just feeling euphoric about like he had such a different perspective to me and I had a different perspective to him. And there was a lot of things that I'd solved that I helped him solve and a lot of things that he saw differently and helped me solve. And I remember going back and just that, that freshness of figure of just like the lightness of a perspective change. He's been uh, a close friend of mine ever since, and he's been such so instrumental in me um, rising above a bunch of my problems uh, uh, creatively and 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 professionally. And hopefully, I you know I've done some of the same for him, and I've had a lot of friends like that. 
you know, and I think it's so important to shift your, your perspective towards relationships. It's game changer. That's all I have. That's all she wrote. I don't know. I don't know if that's a phrase or something. It's a, I like it though. Uh, so go check this out on Patreon, patreon.com slash creative pep talk. Go back the podcast. Honestly, the people that have backed the podcast, now that I've got that up and running and it's starting to get a little traction, that's making it so much easier to make this a priority. And I, and I just want you to know in this season, I'm lucky enough to be like working my butt off. I've got lots of projects going on. I've, um, you know, and I'm tired, you know, I've got three kids, I'm getting up early, I'm working my butt off uh, while I'm at work and while I'm at home. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm trying to make this thing happen. I love doing the podcast and it's you Patreon patrons that are totally making it happen because I just don't know um, if, 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 if this was just a thing that was taking me time away from uh, my family and my personal projects and my work. Um, and I couldn't really justify it financially, it'd be hard to do. It'd be hard to make time for it. So you guys are making it happen. Thank you so much for doing that. Thanks for the iTunes reviews. You guys are the people that have done that. That means that uh, you're helping the podcast grow. I really appreciate it. You give it a higher rating in iTunes. Thank you so much. Uh, go do a review. Send me the review. Send me a screenshot or a, or a reference to it, and you'll be in the contest to wear, win a Baron Fig sketchbook. One thing about contests that you might not know is that not that many people really go for contests. Like, that's a thing. You know, I have a friend. She wins tons of radio contests. Why? Because she knows that not that many people enter because they think they're not going to win. So go check it out. You might just win. Get a nice new sketchbook. It'll be fun. Thank you guys for all the support, all the love. You know, I've got, um, I think this is episode 48. On episode 50, I've got a little special treat. I'm excited to share a little uh, revamp in a more than one way. And I'm excited about all that stuff. I can't wait to share it with you. I'm trying to figure out like online education stuff. I'm, I'm thinking I'm just going to build out the Patreon to be a little bit more robust, have a few extra options in there. Um, for more like mentorship type things. Just know that I'm working on that. I'm going to try to get that to coincide with episode 50. I'm kind of seeing episode 1 to 50 as like the beta of Creative Pep Talk. And then after that, uh, push into the things that I've learned in, in the way that it's developed and in the, in the structure that I take with making the show. I think that's about all I have to say. Thanks for your time, energy, your support, your love, your sharing. I'm glad you guys liked the business time episode last week. I had lots of people uh, chime in about that. I hope this has been tons of help for you. And until next week, signing off with my very serious catchphrase, stay pepped up.